Black Equity listeners, thank you for joining us for the last episode of the week. It's been an awesome week of understanding different points of views. And that's what I really love about Black Equity and having this opportunity to come at you every single day is to look at things from different perspectives. This is a a great place for entrepreneurs and investors to uh, share their stories and to get out their information. And then, of course, we can analyze big topics across uh, the many different things that are happening within the culture. It's a good balance of both being able to communicate with one another and also looking at these cultural moments. And so during these times, let's appreciate both sides of this. So thank you for everyone who is tuning in and checking out all the wisdom that we're having for you. And we present a new episode for you, for your listening pleasure, episode 174, Let's Be Savvy with Fatia, the savvy accountant. All right, Black Equity listeners, on the call today, I have Atiyah, the savvy accountant. I'm really excited about this conversation. Atiyah, are you there? I am. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to Black Equity. I've been following your Instagram for quite some time. I think you are a perfect person to speak to our audience. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. So my name is Atiyah. I'm the savvy accountant online. So I'm a CPA, CA by trade. So I'm originally from Montreal, Canada, and I got licensed there. And then I moved to the States about 11 or 12 years ago. Okay. And I started the Savvy Accountant online about two years ago. And I work mainly with the real estate industry. But essentially, my goal is to help my community live financially savvy. And that means a lot of different things to different people. But I want us to all get a grasp on our finances so that we're able to build generational wealth. And so that's where my passion lies. Nice. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and tackle that. Financial savvy. <laughs> so that is different to a lot of different people. What are some of the things that you've noticed with the people you work with, what it means to them for people who may not be familiar? So I think a lot of people want to get their finances in order. And a lot of us, we didn't really grow up knowing how to handle our finances. And so we make mistakes along the way. And so I just want to get people into the mindset of, you know, you made mistakes and we just need to get over that and we need to figure out what to do next instead of dwelling on what we did. So I want to teach them the fi- like the foundation on how to get their debt under control. So manage their debt, pay off their debt so that they're able to do other things with their money that is able gonna, that's going to be able to help them build wealth for their families to come. So I think it's a mindset shift. And I don't really deal with the psychology part because um, I'm not qualified, I guess. (laughs) Right. So so I'm like your savvy big sister in my head and where I'm here to help you. Let's figure out what we did wrong and get past it and then move on. Um, So I definitely believe in therapy, but. I'm not the person that's going <laughs> to. I understand. We'll have, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to couple your services with, with uh, someone else. So exactly. if, somebody, if somebody comes to you, they already are in that mindset where they know, okay, I need to go down this path. Exactly. 
Got you. So what does that look like? What is, because I know one of the biggest things I really love about your brand is you brand yourself as being virtual. And yeah. uh, for me, that's perfect uh, with traveling and going different places and, and moving around a lot uh, to have someone who understands that need uh, f- for me, it's rare. And then it's also very much appreciated. So why, why be virtual? And for those who may not know, what are some of the benefits of, of doing that? Yeah. So with my practice, uh, the savvy accountant, I'm virtual because I actually want to service as many people as I can. And so what that means is with cloud accounting and with everything happening digitally now, it's easier for me to work with multiple clients in different locations. And so I can't, I come out, I can come out to your location and we can do in person as we traditionally do with accounting and tax professionals. But we meet on Zoom. I meet most of my clients on Zoom. We schedule meetings. So we are kind of face to face, but it's virtual so that I'm able to service more people. And so you can, you upload your files to me. I have access to your files so that I'm able to prepare your monthly statements. And it's all done kind of like over the cloud. So we don't need to be physically in the same location. Um, and this works for me because I, I, I work monthly on retainer. And so I prepare financial statements and I prepare tax filings and I no longer offer assurance. So what that is, is audits, stuff where that's mostly physically located specific. And so you have to be licensed in that specific state. And so I no longer offer those services that limit me to just be in one place. Gotcha. And so you, you're saying your focus is on real estate. Is there uh, other uh, sectors that could also work with you? Uh, and if so, what are some of those other sectors that have been reaching out? Yeah, so I work mainly with small businesses. And so real estate is just more my, where my heart lies. So because I have such an affinity for building generational wealth, I believe that real estate is a great way to do that. And so I have kind of like an infatuation with that industry itself. And so that's kind of how I got involved in that niche. But I also have clients in other areas. Like I have a lot of beauty clients. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of came about because I don't know. I don't know because I'm a woman <laughs> and I like the beauty stuff. And so they kind of gravitated to me. So I do have a few beauty clients. And <clears throat> so I speak mainly to how small businesses can, you know, increase their finances and minimize what they pay in taxes. Right. And when I'm looking at, because uh, actually those are two areas that I invest in. I invest in beauty tech and oh, nice. also uh, real estate. <laughs> and so those aren't the only two, but those are uh, two of the four that I look into. Uh, so in real estate, um, what are some of the, the ways to create generational wealth? Just based off of the different interactions that you have. And for those who may not understand uh, you know, the world of real estate, what are some of the ways that you can build generational wealth? So one of the ways that I think that a lot of people aren't aware in my, in our community that starting a business is actually a really great way to build generational wealth to have certain tax benefits that you don't have in other areas of your life. And so you're able to keep a lot more of your wealth within 
the business and then you can pass that on to your family. Gotcha. Um, dealing with the real estate itself, there are certain tax deferrals that are created through real estate, such as depreciation. And that comes when you, when you actually hold an asset and it's just different ways to give you deductions that aren't available to, you know, like the regular ATIA if I'm, <laughs> if I'm just a W-2 employee. Right, right. So there's just certain tax benefits that come from being involved in real estate. Got you. And, and that could be from uh, investing in uh, single family homes. That could be from uh, getting into multi-units and then also uh, those who are interested in hotel uh, investing. All, all yes. three of those are uh, opportunities uh, for those types of uh, tax uh, options or tax credits. Exactly. And so there's so many ways that people can get into real estate that I don't think <clears throat> people are aware. And it's not, they don't always include you being a landlord. So you having rental properties. So you can actually be buying and selling. So it's what they call like flips. So you buy a property, you renovate it, and then you sell it. So there's that way. You can also invest in real estate. And so if you're starting to get into the stock market and starting to buy stocks, there are ways that you can invest in real estate projects and you're not necessarily purchasing the property to sell it or to rent it. And so there are different ways to get into real estate. And I implore people to take a look at the different options because one of them might really touch your heart and you might be really good at it. And right. that's a way for you to get into it. Awesome. Uh, that would be something like a, a REIT. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, and then on, on the beauty tech side, I know we have a few clients that will be coming on the show, uh, show soon. And so, um, you know, just preparing for for them to come on, what are some of the, uh, things that you've seen on the beauty side? Uh, I know it's not the same as real estate as far as, uh, certain tax implications, but what are some of the things on the beauty side that people can look for that are, uh, starting their business or acquiring uh, beauty uh, beauty lines? So I think that they need to be aware that <clears throat> there are they are a cash-heavy business, and so they need to get systems in place from the beginning so that they're able to track everything that's coming in and going out. And so with my clients, I, I find we need to put them on a system right away because people come in, they pay cash, some, a lot of the beauty um, stylists, they're accepting Cash App, PayPal. They accept all these forms of payment. And then when it comes time to month end, when you ask them, well, how much did you make this month or how much did you spend? They don't really know because cash comes in. They spend it on something that they need to buy for the shop. Right. So we want them to get into the habit of actually tracking everything that comes in, regardless if it's a cash-based business. That actually makes it harder sometimes for you to get a grasp of everything because you get something comes in one hand and you have to pay something the next minute. So you want to make sure that you get in the habit of entering everything into your cloud system so that it's getting transact, like everything's getting recorded as it's happening. Cause you're not going to remember in the beauty world, everything happens so fast. Like you have clients coming in right after each other and it's so easy to forget. Oh, I actually had six clients today, not five. I yeah. forgot about that one that came in in between. So they need to get organized as soon as possible. Got you. Okay. And so this is really great information, by the way. Um, oh, so thank you. 
as I'm listening to you, what made you get into this world? Uh, why choose the world of being a CPA? Uh, what introduced you to it and, and what caused you to be interested? So <laughs> I have always had like this obsession with numbers. It's really weird. Like my brain, the way it works, it's always comes back to numbers. And I don't know where, I don't know where it started. My dad was really good at math. I found this out. Um, later on in life mm -hmm. my dad passed away when I was a baby and so but when I started getting really good at math everybody was like oh you're like your dad like so I just see things in numbers yeah. and I actually wanted to be like an actuary <laughs> and then and then I was in college and I realized well that actually might be boring for me like I yes. didn't want to just underwrite policies and stuff and I maybe it's not boring for everybody but I just was like I'm outgoing by personality wise like I'm an extrovert a lot of people in this space are introverts and I'm the opposite so I feel like I thought that would have been too dull for me personally right and so somebody in college was like why don't you take an accounting course to see if you like it so up until college I hadn't even taken an accounting course I didn't even think anything about accounting it wasn't something that crossed my mind mm -hmm. and then I was really good at it and so that's what happened. Like in my second year in college, I took an accounting course. And you realized that you were very strong in that particular in area. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like a superpower for you. Exactly. And, and then taxes is another issue where I just like the fact that no two situations are the same, even though the tax laws exist, you have to kind of analyze each person's scenario mm -hmm. and see what applies. And so that just really interested me. And in my last year in college, one of my tax professors entered me into a program. It was like a tax competition and we competed against schools across Canada and my team came in third across Canada. And so, yeah, the tax part, it's just like a puzzle in my head. And so mm. I'm really fascinated by that. I like that. Now, Montreal, this is a side note. This has nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got a couple of friends out there. Do, do you speak French? Oui, je parle français. Oh, watch out now. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but I know my Montreal friends always speak French. Yep, I speak French. Um, I'm <laughs> fully bilingual. Wow, that's awesome. So you, yep. <laughs> that, which, which language did you learn first? English is my first. So my parents are Caribbean. So my mom is from Trinidad and my dad is from Jamaica. So English is our first language. But because we're from Montreal, we speak both. Dope, dope. Now, is there a difference? Because I was looking at, just full disclosure, I'm, I'm a private equity investor. I've been looking at investing uh, more into Canada. Is there a major difference um, that you've seen as far as the numbers or uh, the tax implications within, within the United States and Canada, is there one better than the other or is it just a matter of being different? Yeah, so I'm gonna give full disclosure myself. Yeah. I moved to the States as like when I started my adult life. And so I actually don't have any investments in Canada. Okay. Cool. Everything that I've done has been on this side of the border. Gotcha. And yeah, so. No, that that takes care I'm... of that. I appreciate. That. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that.
If you love the Black Equity Podcast, make sure you head over to our Instagram at Black Equity Network. I want you to also check out some of my favorite podcasts right now. Pillow Top Podcast, Real Love 916, Hell Smart Mothers Podcast, and Better Than You Podcast. Make sure you check out those podcasts today. And also, if you haven't had a chance, you can listen to the GOAT Premium Playlist, where I break down who the GOAT of hip-hop is. And until that spot is taken, we'll be forever. Thank you. Back to the show. Okay. Uh, So one of the things that I really loved about, uh, you know, coming across your IG page is this idea of co-mingling. I wanted to uh, see if you can touch on that a little bit for the new business owners or even some of the seasoned business owners who aren't aware of what this term means. Can you tell us about co-mingling of assets uh, for your business? Yeah. So co-mingling is what you want to stay away from. So when you start your business, I like to tell people, because we said that there's so many tax benefits of actually owning a business, I want you to start your business off correct from the beginning. And because I work in the real estate industry, I like to tell people, you're not going to build a house on something that has, doesn't have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning, you want to set up your entity and set it up correctly. And an entity is a separate legal, think of it as a separate legal person. So it's able to enter contracts. It's able to sue and be sued. It's actually its own separate per- separate being. And mm-hmm. so because of that, you want to make sure you're not commingling. And by commingling, that means your personal account is getting mixed with the business account and you're s- switching funds. So if you make money in the business account, you're spending it with your person for your personal use. You want to make sure you're not commingling the two, because as we stated before, they are two separate entities and you want to keep them that way. So if you have a business and God forbid something happens and one of your clients decides to sue you. If when it comes time to go to litigation and it's found that you basically were commingling everything, you have now opened yourself up to personal liability because how can you say that they are separate when you or yourself were mingling them? So now you open yourself up to this double-sided that this person now has access to. So by co-mingling, you're just like hurting yourself yeah. in the long run anything happen. And so we try to get people to stay away from co-mingling as early as possible. So what is the process? I know people are listening um, to this episode and they're like, okay, I need to reach out to Atia. I really need to figure out how to be savvy. What is the process <laughs> of working with you? What does that look like on a short-term so, or long-term basis? Yeah, so we, I offer different packages and we can work short-term long-term I like to work with my clients because like I said I'm the savvy big sister so I want to be there for the whole journey and so I tend to work very closely with my clients I am not that accountant that's going to tell you I handle all your books you don't have to worry about anything that does not work well with me and we probably aren't a good fit if you're looking for somebody just to handle all your books and you do one side and I do the other side we have to know what's going on on both sides and so while the numbers in the accounting might not be your forte. I want you to understand what they mean. And so I have monthly meetings with my clients. They have access to me. Anytime they have a question, they can reach out to me. They all have the way that they need to connect with me. But 
Typically, I work with my clients on a monthly basis. We have a one-hour meeting every month to go over the previous month's financials, um, what they mean, where they're going, what I think that they should be doing, mm -hmm. so that they're aware of the process the whole way. We start off by having a free consultation and figuring out what the needs are, and then we go from there and seeing how we can work together. But I work very closely with my clients. All of my clients are like my savvy family, what mm -hmm. I like to call them. Nice. You, you said something that I know people are probably wondering a little bit more about. You said um, being able to um, see both sides. When we say both sides, what are we referring to there? Are some people just handing, handing you their financial statements and them not necessarily wanting to know anything about their numbers at all? So not me, but right. well, you know what I mean. <laughs> but there, Trying to do that. there are a lot of people. And if you look at the industry, the sports industry, you have all these athletes getting dinged with all of these penalties. Some people are going to jail because they're not paying their IRS because they tr entrusted somebody to handle all of their financials and they didn't know what was going on. And I think I don't agree with that way. I think that way is very detrimental as we can see with some of the cases people can be stealing your money people can be not paying what should be paid and at the end of the day this falls back on you this is your name that's on this if you need to be submitting something to the irs and you're not submitting it you're the one that's going to be dinged with the penalties granted there are ways around it if you have like a fraudulent preparer and so they can get impacted as well but I just don't agree that you should be handing off all of your information and then not understanding what they're doing with it. Yeah, I remember that happening with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think maybe Scotty Pippen, uh, of course, probably other people that I'm not, you know, uh, jogging my memory. Even more recently, Adrian mm -hmm. Peterson yes, was having yeah. an issue. So it's still happening. Um, it's not something that's new. And because I understand numbers aren't for everybody and it's not something that excites everybody. And I can admit that I do love numbers. I do get excited by the whole puzzle picture, but I also love teaching people. Like I love when I learn something to share that knowledge. And so that's also something that a lot of people don't have. If you're an introvert, you probably don't have that, you know, inclination to go and, share everything that you know but I do like sharing things with my clients I like to inform them of things that are coming up down the pipeline that they need to be aware of and so I think that part of my nature is also what helps me work with my clients the fact that I like to inform them about what's going on nice are you paying attention to those stories like Adrian Peterson when they come across your desk and do you use those as examples when you're speaking with your clients I do. And I'm actually working on something in the background where I'm looking to get into the sports industry to see how I can help people that look like me mm -hmm. do better with their finances and how I can make that look. So that is something that's been tugging at my heartstring and I'm trying to figure out where I'm being led with that. But I do use it. I let them know that these are things that we, that I want to avoid. Right. And mm -hmm. I've had clients try to come and be like, well, I can just hand this to you and you can handle it because I trust you. And I'm like, I appreciate the trust that you have in me, 
but I just don't work like that. You need to understand everything that your numbers are showing. Got you. I'll keep that in mind because I've actually been uh, setting up calls and working with people in different uh, sectors. So if I do come across something, I'll make sure I link you with uh, that world. And of course, you can decide if it's for you or not. So I'll keep that in mind. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> You're, you're definitely welcome. What I really love about what you're doing is um, you're, you're taking a lot of the BS uh, out of this world. And then you also are providing a voice I, I believe a lot of people uh, need right now. So I, I know, I think I've been interacting with your page for months now. So I'm glad we had an opportunity to sit down and uh, have this conversation. Uh, now, I do this with everyone. I'm not sure if you're familiar. But uh, on the call, I always say, hey, if you have any questions for me, I don't want it to all be me firing at you. Um, The floor is open for you. If you have any questions or any topics that you uh, wanted to uh, address uh, before we uh, move towards the ending of of this uh, conversation. So I do. So four is my favorite number. And I'm not sure if you know that, but I talk about that a lot. And so you said you work specifically with four sectors. And can you run down the sectors that you work with and which one and how you chose those four? Wow. Wow. You are paying attention. All right. <laughs> so, yes, four. Uh, four is not my, my, my favorite number. But, yes, <laughs> I, I rock with four. Um, so it starts off with real estate tech. Really, I, I see myself as a tech investor. And so um, real estate, uh, which is really prop tech, um beauty tech because i believe that uh everything through the black community and the black dollar uh that is actually the number one uh category where our money flows it it flows through and so (laughs) real to answer your 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 real question how did i choose it all it's all about the black dollar and so i'm looking at um black dollar going through property i'm looking at the black dollar going through beauty I'm looking at the black dollar going through art tech. I I have a really big uh, thing in my heart for understanding black art, black contemporary art. And so I want to, and not want to, but I am continue to work with uh, organizations and apps and different digital assets that directly impact uh, the art space. Uh, And then food tech. I believe agriculture, actually my internship uh, in college was with a agricultural lending bank. And I saw the direct, uh, I saw directly what was happening within the agricultural world where a lot of money was being loaned and handed out to uh, just lack of a better word, white farmers and (laughs) all the black farmers or non-white farmers we're struggling to actually get loans. So it yep. literally tugged at my heart while I'm going through this internship. And I said, okay, well, let me, you know, put that in my back pocket for later. And so uh, when I started to get into uh, private equity in 2012, I said, yeah, I can't, I can't be in this space if I'm not looking into, into uh, food tech. And so those are the four, food tech, art tech, Prop tech and beauty tech have been the four areas which I uh, want to build my world around. Great. Awesome. Question. I love it. Great so, question. yeah. <laughs> 
I, no one ever asked me that question before. You definitely oh, put yeah. together. <laughs> so I know you are virtual. So before I get people to head over to all the different places to reach you, what is what is your travel like? Do you travel a lot uh, being virtual? And if you are traveling, what have been some of your favorite places to go? So I do travel a lot and I have clients that I travel to and I've actually gone to for clients. I've traveled to Texas. Um, well, Philly doesn't really count as traveling because I was from Jersey. <laughs> we'll count it today. But, but we'll count it today. And so I've traveled for, like to Texas, to Philly. I have clients in Jersey and I have clients in Orlando that I'm going to have to travel oh, to here. Love Orlando. Yeah. So those are for clients, but I've actually, I love traveling. And so I think this, this niche that I found works out well because I've been to, I don't even know how many States, maybe I should count them one day, but I've been to Memphis. I've been to South Carolina, North Carolina, Atlanta, uh, Virginia, Ohio, I've been a lot of places. So yeah, I think I get traveling from my mom because she loves to travel. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been fortunate that my husband allows us. (laughs) He indulges in everything that I like to do. And so, yeah, we've traveled to the Caribbean. We've traveled to Mexico. Yeah, I think one day I need to like see how many places I've traveled because I'm very grateful that I've traveled so many places, but I've never put a number to it. Um, that's awesome. I'm headquartered in Charlotte and um, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And so, um, you know, keep us in mind with your travels with, with Black Equity Network. Uh, the reason why I say that is anywhere where the Black dollar is, that's where we want to be as well. Uh, we really want to be wherever the black dollar is to help strengthen it in some way. Um, so for those who are listening, uh, what are the best ways to reach out to you and work with your company? Yes. Yeah, so you guys can reach out to me. You can find me at the savvy accountant on social media. Um, my website is the savvy You can send me a message. You can email me at info at the savvyaccountant.co. Right now, I handle all of my emails. Um, I have not been able to hand that off because, like I said, I like to connect with my people. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you guys email me, you're emailing me directly. I don't have anybody reading those. So reach out to me and I will reach out back to you. And so, yeah, on social media, email. You can also call me at 888-34-SAVVY, and it'll be me that answers. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, If you come across stories uh, that are happening within your industry uh, that are, you know, pop culture events, I would love uh, for you to come back on the show. Our doors are open to you. Uh, I want to make sure that we have an open line of communication, because I know uh, that the direct services that you provide are literally the exact for the exact group of people who are listening to the show. So it would make only sense for us to continue to be aligned in some way and to help, you know, each other out. 
so the door is open. If something happens in the culture, like uh, Adrian Peterson's situation, for us to sit down and examine and analyze, I'm open for you to come back on the show and uh, digging in on the topic. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, and definitely. I love connecting with like-minded people because I definitely agree that we need this. We like we just didn't have the education as some of our counterparts had in the past generations, and so we are kind of playing catch up now. And I love seeing that so many of us are actually doing it and helping others that look like us do it. So I'm exactly. so happy that you asked me to be here. This is, and, and we're happy to have you. This is. Uh, hopefully people see this as a place, a safe place for all of us to, to have this conversation uh, about what's happening within the culture. And then as investors and business owners, you know, how do we learn from it? How do we yeah. grow from it? And so the thing is, I don't want to just have people on one time. You know, I want people to be introduced to you the first time, but then I want you guys to come back and, and ha have that that opportunity for us to continue the conversation because it's never going to end. This is something that exactly. we can have, you know, for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And so having these relationships are so important all across, uh, you know, America, but really I'm finding that a lot of the people who are listening to the show are international. And so <laughs> that has been awesome. You know, I have people from South Africa reaching out. Uh, That's and amazing. From Australia reaching out. I'm like, wow. Okay. Black equity lives everywhere. Uh, everywhere. So so I'm excited about it. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I look forward to talking to you into, uh, in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. I told you it was going to be a great episode. I told you there was going to be really great things for us to pick up on. Uh, thank you so much for listening to all the episodes this week. I am excited for what we have in store for you next week. So make sure you tune back in uh, on next week and let's continue the conversations. And don't think I'm not paying attention to what's going on with these cultural moments. Don't think I'm not studying all the different interviews that are going on out there. I'm still paying attention. I do think it's right for us to take the time to start having conversations with each other. And if anything comes within the culture that I feel uh, needs a further examination, I'll be sure to sit down and have that conversation. Until next time, my friends, thank you for being a Black Equity listener. Make sure you sign up to be a Black Equity Insider. And if there's anything that you want to know, anything that you want to research, reach out. If you want to partner or uh, collaborate in some way, reach out. You can find us on Black Equity Net Network on Instagram, and you can send us a message and we can begin that process. Thank you, and I will be talking to you soon.